This is Super Yacht Radio. When it's an agency, not just an agency. When it's Lantamai Yachting. With over 20 years' experience in assisting a full range of super yachts, the Lantamar Group is the natural partner to help you with all of your yachting needs. Choose Lantamar Yachting and take advantage of the Spanish fiscal regime of inward processing and do repairs and maintenance VAT-free. As an authorised economic operator, we can manage your refit in any Spanish shipyard or marina. And for those summer months, Lantamar's concierge service will assist you throughout the season, catering to all of your crew, captains and guest needs. When you choose excellence, you choose Lantamar. For more information, email us at info at and take your first step to hassle-free yachting. You are listening to Super Yacht Radio. Hello, dear listeners of Super Yacht Radio. Here's Armin Müller, the White Love Sommelier and... Now it's showtime. The next two hours belong to Italy. And we have chosen a winery which actually has been awarded during the last day with one of the wines to the 100 most awarded wines in the world. But we will come to this later. So first, as usual, we start with one song and then I would like to introduce you to this very, very cool winery, Monte del Fra from the Veneto in Italy. You are listening to Super Yacht Radio. So I hope you enjoyed this lovely song. And now it is my pleasure. And my guest today is Silvia Bonomo from, she is one of the co-owners of the winery Monte del Fra. And it's a great pleasure to having you here today, dear Silvia. So thank you for taking your time. And I would like that you introduce yourself with a very few sentences that our listeners know with whom we are dealing today. I give the word to you. Hi, Armin. Thanks a lot. I'm very excited to be with you today. Um, I'm Silvia, actually. I work and live in the near Garda Lake uh, with my family. Uh, my family winery is uh, called Monte de Fra, as you said, and we started in 1958 in the area, so we are pretty historic. Um, we do produce both white wines and red wines, some more famous like Amarone and Valpolicella and some maybe less famous but uh, very important also because of the word that you, you mentioned uh, is the Custosa area actually in Lugana. So, uh, Silvia disclosed nearly everything already in the first sentence, So, but uh, <laughs> we will go deeper and deeper into it. And yeah, Silvia, what comes into your mind when you think about wine? Mm, wine is about art, is an expression. So uh, you have painters, you have drawers, uh, you have poets, writers, uh, and I think also art uh, is about wine and because it's uh, about creating connect and connect flavors together. Um, it, also, it is also a way to connect with people, so um, they, they say it's the social moment of the day when you, when you drink wine, so that's what comes in my mind when I think about wine, connecting for sure. Yeah, wine is connecting people, I totally 
agree with this and wine is also art i also agree with this and yeah if you think about the wine what is most important to you when you think about the wine well i'm more practical in this i would think that uh, it has to give value to my daily joy and activities so activities i mean dinner i mean lunch i mean aperitivo with friends and and my it's it's a daily moment and it has really to complete this moment and to give value that's the most important i think yeah i can understand that magic moments with wine are the most wonderful moments in life and if you share this with life lovely people then it's even more valuable so very cool statement dear sylvia so I don't know if everybody is familiar with the region. Of course, Veneto region is quite famous because it, Venice is famous all over the world, but we are a little bit distance from Venice. So you might want to disclose where exactly your winery is because the region Veneto starts at Lake Garda and goes until Slovenia. And it's a very huge area. So where exactly are you located? True. I'm in near Verona, which is famous also for the story of Romeo and Juliet. We are actually 15 minutes far from the city and 10 minutes from the Lake Garda, which gives us a, a geographically an, a, an amazing position uh, because we get a lot of visitors here that enjoy their uh, city uh, holidays, but also their summer holidays at the lake. Yeah, the but even even for the winter holidays, it's not far away. So in one two hours, you're in the most exciting uh, ski areas of uh, maybe not anymore Veneto, but um, Trentino Alto Adige. So it's very very cool positioning. Yeah, Veneto is actually. A very special region of Italy uh, because uh, it's the region that has the most geological diversity. Uh, to explain this is very easy because uh, you have to figure out we have the biggest lake of Italy, Lake Garda. We have the two longest rivers of Italy and we have 200 kilometers water coast from the sea and one of the highest points of the mountain, the Marmolada. So uh, this region has a lot of microclimatic situations that are perfect for, of course, enjoying a holiday, but in any kind of holiday, from skiing to swimming, uh, but also from for the wine producing, wine production uh, is extraordinary because basically with all these type of soils and microclimatic situation, you can have the same vineyard uh, here and uh, 15 minutes far away and it can give you a totally different wine because the soil is different. Um, so the climate, it's, uh, it has an influence given by the sea and by the lake, which makes it uh, pretty humid. It could be humid, uh, winter could be foggy. Uh, but we never get snowy basically. So. We don't have frost problems. Uh, the, the, the land, the soil could be volcanic, 
because of the Valpolicella region, but it could be also glacial origin because of the lake. And so that's what makes amazing uh, body wines in Valpolicella, but also amazing fruity and easy drinking wines in, in Guard Lake area. And it could be also very calcaric. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, here you can find a lot of, uh, uh, of very special things for winemaking. And that's also unique. And that's what's make uh, and what's create, sorry, um, what makes this region so special. And we are able to create amazing white wines, both white and red wines, because usually you get regions focused more on red or focus more on white. Here you get both, you get white and red due to this difference, amazing difference in the soils. So for a wine lover, it's very interesting to come and enjoy really several wines of the region because you can get different experience, very one nearby the other. Yeah, Lake Are, the region is really, really well known well all over the world. And um, I think for the Germans, we have about 8 million tourists a year in the Legara region. So it is, um, I would say, a hotspot for Germans. <laughs> so, and you're right, the climate is very lovely. It is already Mediterranean, but it is not as, as hot as in South Italy. So you always have the uh, lovely, slightly cool wind in the evening. So, and uh, so it cools a little bit down. And I think this is perfect climate to give also the very important acidity to the wines. Right. Yeah. So then let's talk a bit about the grapes. And Monte del Fra, you cultivate a lot of indigenous grapes like Gaga. Nega, like Trebbiano Moscat, Toscano, like Cortese, like Corvina, Rondinella, Molinara, but also a little bit more well-known ones like Pinot Grigio, like Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, did I forget something? I don't think so. I think you included everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is some Chardonnay also, um, Riesling, Riesling Italico and Riesling Renano, so both varieties. Uh, some extra Tokai, the Tokai that now we cannot call anymore Tokai, we have to call Trebianello. Uh, but these are minor varieties that are included in the Custosa production because um, this area has origin by the friars and uh, it is. Uh, the, the epoch when we started having documents about here is, is very, very old. It starts in 1492. Um, and we believe that the fact that we have so many varieties over here is because uh, the friars were cultivating several types of grapes and several things. And so when the DOC started over here in 1970, they included everything. And basically, yes, we cultivate many grapes because our wines are blends. Exactly. We will uh, dive into this a little bit later. Um, so at that moment, just to know, 
the percentage of the indigenous grapes to the international grapes. I assume that it would be maybe something like 70, 30, 80, 20, but you are the expert for your wines. Maybe you can. Yeah, speak. it's more like 80, 20, I mean. Yeah. Like 80, 20, good. And how is the mix between whites and reds? It's like 50 and 50. It's 50, hard. 50. Okay. So today we have four wines and actually it is, let's say, two mini flights. So the first flight will be two uh, whites. It's the same wine, but different vintages. So we will try the, your very famous Car del Magro. And first the 2019 and then the 2012. And yeah, what amazed me, and this is really outstanding, cool. You have been awarded 12 times already with three glasses in Gambaroso with this wine, which is really, really wow. And now you told me that you have been awarded also as one of the 100 best wines in the world from, from was it Decanter? Wine Spectator. Hmm? So. Wine Spectator. Yeah. So, and Ooh, this... American uh, guides, you know. <laughs> yeah. So Wine Spectator awarded your winery uh, within the 100 most exciting wines in the world. So this is a must that we try this wine now. So I have put it in the glass so yeah let's cheers <laughs> so my great pleasure Sylvia so let's start with the 2019 the color is I would say a deep straw yellow So, on the nose, it is first floral, so like white flowers, like Sambuca, but then also going a little bit herbs and then fruits like peach, like lychee, lychee, and in the mouth. First impression is a little bit fat and um, also slightly buttery. And then also here herbs and flowers and lovely minerality. And of course, also here again, stone fruits like peach, like apricot. Also here a bit of lychee, but then also a little bit of walnut aroma and uh, slightly hazelnut, but just the hint. Yeah, so a very lovely wine, quite powerful. Uh, I have to look how many, yeah, 13, 13% alcohol. So which grapes are in this wine? You call it superiore, uh, Custozza superiore. So 
I think not everybody in the world knows what is a blend of custoza. So mm -hmm. I give word to you. Well, first of all, Custoza is a wine region located south of Lake Garda. Um, it, is, uh, it is a region that uh, includes uh, in the DOC appellation uh, about eight grapes, uh, but just three are compulsory. So, for example, our winery used just five of them. Um, this wine is pretty unique because uh, it comes from a specific vineyard. So the name Ca del Magro uh, is exactly the name of the ancient maps where this small area and the wines uh, is originated. So it's not, it's not made everywhere in the is area. Is Ca standing for Casa or it's Ca? Okay, yeah. good. Casa del Magro. Casa yeah. del Magro. Uh, maybe in the past was living such a thin man over there that they carry <laughs> a house of thin men, but this is historical. I was not alive, so I don't know the answer for this. <laughs> but uh, this area is special because basically the land is uh, very, very poor. It's white. The soil is stony and white. And the uh, vineyards has to, the roof of the vineyards has to go very deep to suck all the minerality and survive. So. Uh, you know, Armin, the best wines comes out from the poorest soils, they say, because the vineyards have grown up vertical, very deep, and they are able to suck all these minerals. So here you get big minerality in these wines due to the soil. And the vineyards are 40, 50 years old, so they don't give so much juice, but they give concentration. Uh, the, we are speaking about Garganega. That's the main grape of the Veneto region. Mm -hmm. uh, Garganega, it's uh, a grape actually that is, uh, was transferred in the north from Sicily, has the same DNA of the Grecanico Dorato actually in Sicily. Uh, and uh, in Spain, it was uh, the same DNA of the Malvasia de Manresa, which is a variety I think do not exist anymore. Uh, but they found out that it's also the same type. So uh, this grape is very generous and is able in this region to grow up and, uh, and give uh, um, amazing different wines because it's extremely adaptable. You can make sparkling, you can make dessert wines, you can make dry wines. The Garganega, my father says, it's a very easy grape to work with because it adapts very quick. And then we have Cortese, which you know from Piedmont, and Treviano Toscano, which is uh, the most cultivated grape in Italy, the Treviano, so it's pretty famous. These three varieties uh, gives uh, the body and the structure to the wine. And then there is uh, a very important grape variety, which is the Incrocio Manzoni, or Manzoni Bianco is a variety um, that was invented by Mr. Manzoni actually and gives the longevity to this wine. This wine you can age 10, 12 years. And then we have the, a little bit of Chardonnay that gives, helps to support the nose and also the body. Um, it's not, there is no oak in this wine, so all the power that you feel and the complex aromas just comes from old vineyards, from the soil. Uh, it has a period of eight months surely in the steel tank on the lees. 
And when it's filtered, it goes uh, eight months in the bottle before uh, sell it. So now you, we are tasting the 2019 because it's actually our current vintage on, at the wine shop. Yeah, and uh, 2019 was a wine which was awarded or was it an other vintage? No, it is the 2019. It got, we got the mention two days ago. Actually, we entered officially in the top 100 uh, best uh, wines of 2021 of Wine Spectator. We are uh, very happy because it's the only white wine of Italy. And uh, uh, only 27 wines, well, only it's a lot 27 wines uh, uh, were italians that was rated by wine spectator wow that's one one quarter so that's yeah. that's a yeah that's uh, and we are number 59 so <laughs> very cool very very cool and this wine has not seen any oak right excuse me and um, it was purely aged in steel right yes exactly it is really, really fresh wine. And now I'm curious uh, to compare this wine with the 2012. The 2012 also was three uh, classes in Gambaroso, right? Yes. So let's look at the color. Wow, the color is much darker. So if this first one was a straw yellow, this one is really, I would say mid golden yeah so, right and uh, much more intensive on the nose and here oh wow also at the nose um I would say the same direction of um, of aromas in the nose, like the first one, but much more expressive. So, um, and I had already now the first zip in the mouth. It is so fresh still. You could think maybe you will see um, it's a little bit more expressive. You, uh, if I wouldn't have known it's a 2012, I would imagine it's a 2018 or 17 so uh, it's really really fresh on the palate also here slightly creamy slightly buttery but um, a little bit more hints of tumian two time um, a little bit sage but just it's it's not not, not very very heavy it's a, just a, a hint And the palette also a bit of bitter almond. Mm, very, very lovely. So now the big question is, what kind of food would you combine with this lovely wine? So of course you could drink it just in front of the um, bonfire or in the garden so as a wine for itself but I think this has so much power that also would be lovely to combine with some fish or with some seafood or maybe even with some Thai noodles so what, what, what would be your idea? 
Yeah, it depends from the evolution stage of this wine for sure, but the Custozza Superiore Cardinal Magro is a kind of wine that uh, really doesn't give uh, any trouble to any sommelier uh, or uh, restaurant manager in the world because it's sold actually in 64 countries. So a, a wine should never give trouble. Duck <laughs> glacé. Um, you go for cheese when it's when it's aged. You can go on something more um, tasty um, and even more creamy, maybe. Uh, but also cheese uh, that's and fat. It cleans very well. Um, when it's young, I pair with my risotto, with my vegetarian cuisine. It's also adaptable for vegan uh, diet because we don't use any animal products during the process. So uh, it fits really, really for any kind of, uh, of a gorgeous and tasty uh, meal. Uh, for sure with meal and not with aperitivo. That's what I uh, can uh, recommend. Yeah, this one, the second one has 13.0% uh, alcohol. So, the, and the, what uh, amazed me, I still have the taste in the, in the mouth. So it's really long, the second one really, really long aftertaste. Yeah, that's important. When a wine is good, it should be like that. Yeah. So the first one was not so long, but uh, the second one now it's, really long what amazes me is also you have changed the bottles um now it is like your own stem on the bottle so it's uh, like your um like your signature yeah the shape changed in 2018 because we became uh, 60 years old and for our anniversary we decided to fit our most important wines into a special important bottle so actually we enlarged a little bit the shape and uh, and put a logo on our bottle that gives uh, more prestigious to the wine yeah so the first two wines already wow 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 but now we have to make a short break. And of course, dear listeners of Super Yacht Radio, we will then have two other wines. So maybe you use the short break either to listen to some good music or to open your first bottle. But um, I would like you, Sylvia, to choose a song. And in case we have it in our portfolio, we will play this. So what song would be a lovely song to go with this lovely atmosphere we are having together hmm okay that's an interesting question so i would uh, i would say something italian because we are drinking italian wine and uh, i love a singer that uh, use very very nice words in his songs which is lucio dalla oh i love him i love him yeah <laughs> yeah and there is a nice uh, song which not everybody knows uh, but it's uh, heartbreaking and it's uh, la sera dei miracoli that's a very nice song so i would taste this wine listening to that song for sure very nice so we will check out 
In any case, dear listeners of Super Yacht Radio, prepare your wine, listen to the music, and we will be back in a couple of minutes. Stay tuned because this is so great today and so lovely wines. So we will be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to Super Yacht Radio. So we are back. Here is Armin Müller, the White Love Sommelier. And today I'm together with Silvia Bonomo from the winery Monte del Fra, a great winery in the Veneto region near to Lake Garda. And we have already spoken about the climate and we have already uh, the grapes, the soil and had already the first wow experience of these wines. So now let's go a little bit deeper, dear Sylvia. Can you tell us your story, the story of your winery? So we started in 1958, actually. Um, we are the third generation because my grandfather was living here. One, 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 one interruption. You said 15 something before. 1958 is when we started, but the area has origin since uh, 1492. That's uh, where we. That's uh, when we started. Uh... Oh, now we have <laughs> a lovely dog coming in. So. Yes, I'm here. Uh, so, um, the winery started in uh, 1958, but uh, we have documents that uh, comes back in 1492 about the area, uh, because uh, they discovered there was a monastery over here, so actually it looks like uh, our property was a monastery in the past. So, that means your family bought this land in the 50s, 1950s, okay. And it was not in your family before, but it was already wine land, is that correct? There was wine, there were friars that were cultivating the land. So these documents of 1492 explains very well how the friars were exchanging the goods with the farmer nearby because there was no coin in that epoch. It was the exchange still. And then, but then this is a big war area. We got Napoleon, we got the wars of independence. And so um, the, the land was destroyed. And, uh, and when we bought it, there was actually no physical rest of this monastery. Um, but there is a big cross on our hilltop that also has the origin of our name, actually is the Hill of the Friars, Monte del Fra. And on the hilltop, there is a big cross, uh, which is a symbol that was, uh, um, that was uh, gifted by um, the, some monks of the village nearby in the 17th century with this, to this prayers community. So that is our historic symbol and where our name has origin. My grandfather started in 1958 with some peach, kiwis, cows, <laughs> the agriculture, and all the jobs started very, very slowly. Okay, so means 
1958, still no wine. No. no, not for us. I mean, there, there had been on the land, but not, not by us. Okay, so when did the wine growing started? Um, it started uh, by hobby, let's say, uh, in the year 60s. And then uh, it became a real job in the year 90s because uh, there was a little bit at the beginning of fruit and wine. And as the job started very slowly in the year 70s and 80s, the, the fruit was uh, giving us the possibility to buy land to survive a family of 15 people. My uncle reminds uh, 15 people living all together, the family. Uh, we were surviving with 10 euro or maybe in America it's like $10 a month. And you could uh, eat, save money, buy fields with $10 a month, 10 euro a month. And say in 1958, my, my uncle reminds that, to says the now is very different. You cannot do anything with 10 euro. But in the past, you can leave a family, survive with 15 people, eat and, and save money and buy actors. And, and so everything started very slowly. And when we realized the economy uh, was changing, the economy of the fruit was changing, pesticides, uh, all the jobs in the fields were becoming very, very difficult. Then we switched definitely into wine. And, and that's when we started exporting in Germany. We started exporting in north of Europe. And, and then little by little, we became what we are today. Very cool. So how many hectares are you cultivating today? Today is more than 200, actually. Uh, most of them are on property, uh, but it's very important for us to, to work them because uh, the philosophy here is that the quality starts in the vineyards. And so it's very, very important to manage and handle all our vineyards. Okay. And from your philosophy, are you biological or sustainable? So um, how, how do you treat your land? We, are, we started the sustainability process 10 years ago. Um, actually, you know, Armin, there are some areas that can be uh, organic, biologic, and some areas cannot because of the position, because of the climate, because of many things. So Custosa area is very difficult to handle as a biologic because uh, there is no wind basically. And it's very, very difficult to do that. And so we are into the sustainable process. Uh, the Valpolicella winery, which is our second uh, uh, winery that we have over there is in the classical area over there. It's more windy, so it's much more easy to treat the wines very pure and natural. Um, but um, also, I always explain to our customers that sustainability is, um, is a sort of uh, ethic concept. So um, it's not only in the vineyards. The sustainability is uh, with everything. It works with your employees. It works in your work. It works on your product. It works in the field. So uh, the sustainable uh, idea that we have is, yes, to reduce the pesticides and support nature but to support uh, the, the product till the end. And so we, we also apply techniques in the winery. Actually, my father is the winemaker 
he applies techniques to to uh, produce uh, natural to to give the possibility to have low sulfites wines and very very um, natural wines good and today how many employees do you have we are with about 30 employees these are fixed during the year then you have to consider a little more during harvest season um and yeah it's uh, it's with a production of about a million five hundred thousand bottles per year which uh, mm, which place us into a small medium winery because uh, in the region still there are very very huge wineries so it's not big but it's a quantity that you can still handle as a family winery and not as a big brand very very cool so yeah we have now the next question for you um we have already talked a bit 12 times Cambro Rosso now in wine spectator one of the 100 most awarded wines in the world so what um what does it mean to you it's a big uh, satisfaction you know to be recognized but such a guru uh, such a wine guide uh, as uh, the 100 best wines of the world is uh, it's uh, very important because um, this this wine is really the research of my father during the time and it's really it really reflects our family uh, aspects because it's a wine so um, so big and so uh, complex that really uh, gives you all uh, the every every member of our family recognize a part of us of ourselves into this one who is more eclectic say oh wow i recognize that who is more classic and serious recognizing that who is more creative uh, recognizing that is a wine that can can reflect a lot of personalities and that's what is important but to get awarded also wow it's it's um it's like you you did a great job <laughs> you know you got a big compliment <laughs> yeah i'm i'm always in in contact with many many cool wineries we have presented here in super yacht radio all already so great wineries and one thing is um and and this is a little bit um um like a guideline so everybody of them was even modest but thankful but proud so it was a mix of all but um no no one of them was wow i'm the hero so uh, everybody was just saying wow we, we have we have reached something but we could not have reached it without our team. We could not have reached this with good climate. We have, could not have reached this. So, so there are so many puzzle pieces which are coming together, which are important. And then you can bring an outstanding result also. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. All the, all the team and all the, the people works into a project uh, makes the project uh, perfect. So, 
that's that's for sure something to always to remember and uh, to to be thankful about. <laughs> yeah. So I think congratulations to this great result. Maybe you have also you have not only the Kade Fra, um, Kade, <laughs> Kade <Yeah>. Macro, um, <laughs> but you have also your red wines, which are quite important, Amarone. And I think also with them, you have reached really, really cool results in the meantime. Yeah, and they are also worth it. And uh, we are also very, very happy. Um, they also works uh, pretty well in all the countries. This is actually the Valpolicella area is an area we started exploring in 2006 when we decided to buy um, a winery over there in the classical area, which is the most prestigious area for the Valpolicella production. Um, it has been a great step for the family, an important decision that we took during three years before doing that because, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it means big investments and, uh, and also we, you have always to hope with this job that uh, the climate, the year are coming is good, everything will be perfect to make the perfect wine and that you can sell it so uh, it's always difficult when it comes uh, to be making big decisions in the agriculture uh, but it was it was good and uh, we are very happy we started our first vintage in 2000 actually because we started doing uh, without our own winery we wanted to first try to see if we can do that you know so we tried <laughs> with the <laughs> little by little and uh, when we got in 2003 the first gold medal by the Vinitaly uh, wine fair um, as with our Amarone we thought okay we are doing the right thing and so uh, from that moment we started looking for a winery and then that's when started our three years process into decisions to to buy this company and uh, and uh, there is a, there has been, but still now there is a cooperation with the winemaker um, from, with a big expert winemaker from Valtellina, another area in the north of Italy uh, that is very famous for uh, um, dry. Forzato, for, forzato. Forzato, very good. And, uh, and this uh, man uh, was able to understand our philosophy. Uh, he met our family, he spoke with us, and uh, he says, okay, we can, uh, I can help you. Um, and the first thing we try to do is to transmit the elegance and balance of our whites into red wines. So he was in charge of respecting the terroir because it's very important when you uh, go in touch with a new area that you make the wine typical of that area, not the wine that you like. Uh, and this is very difficult for a winemaker, you know, because when you are used to certain palate, you try to put your palate in every wine that you make. That's very wrong, because you have to respect the terroir and the soil of that area. That is another soil, is another area. You cannot do the same because you like it. So that's... That's why we started cooperating with another winemaker because he was 
he was in charge to respect that terroir. And if he would have, we would have said, no, he's not enough soft or he's not enough, he, would have, he was allowed to tell us no. That's, that's good, that's fine. <laughs> so it has been very great cooperation and we are super happy because it transmits really elegance and, and balance uh, also into the red wines. And, uh, and what's the name of this winemaker? Uh, this is Claudio Introini. And Claudio Introini has been very famous uh, for being uh, uh, in charge of uh, the ex Tenuta Salis uh, in, uh, in uh, Valtellina. Very good. And you mentioned you have done the gold medal in Win Italy. Are you going, by the way, just to Win Italy or are you also exhibiting at Provine or at some other important wine fairs in the world? We go to Provine, we go to also um, Asia, uh, Hong Kong every two years for another wine fair and uh, and then we do also world tours with the Gambero Rosso actually when you win mm -hmm. they organize the world tour so I've been also to Chicago, New York, uh, Moscow and everywhere to to attend this world tour that we make. Very very cool so I think we have already Lots of argument why customers should buy your wines. But now, again, the question. So why should they come to you and not to somebody else? Mm, that's very difficult to reply. Um, so first of all, I think uh, Montefra has a very good relationship quality price which we have been uh, working on since the beginning when we started our business because my grandmother had uh, like a bar in the house and I was growing up with people coming home and playing guitar and drinking wine and eating salami. So That's so, cool. I love that. <laughs> glass of wine for us is something that has to be available to everybody. So since the beginning, we started with quality price. And then uh, the recent Montefra wide range of product, which is a very unique because over here you can come and try uh, an excellent Amarone, but also try an excellent Lugana or try an excellent uh, Custosa. And that's not common because many wineries are, are small and they cannot provide a wider range of product. And, uh, Uh, it's a wide ranging product that is taken care as is every product is like the only one. So my father goes in the morning at 10, he goes there, he tastes his tanks like he makes just one wine, one wine. We make 25, but it's like everyone for him it has to be perfect. And so that's what is uh, cool also because yeah. we have wide range, but every, everything is, is uh, You, well, you are Italian, so you needed very many words to describe that. Let me break that down in just one sentence. It's yeah. all about the experience. Great. <laughs> yeah, and, and indeed, it's all about the experience. When I go with my clients to the most fascinating wine regions in the world, you remember when you see the winemaker, the passion and something special. So 
Um, this could be great things, that could be small things. I remember when we had last time the wine tasting at your place, and then you said, ah, um, by the way, would you appreciate some salami? And then I said, ah, maybe some cheese. Oh, no problem. I have lovely cheese. And then we had the uh, lovely cheese to, to, to the wines. And so it was like an upgrade. So it was something so special. And uh, I don't know, don't remember the name of the, of the cheese, but it was, wow, this was with a, with a little green, uh, um, uh, blue green in, in it. So, oh, the Basaglio. Is oh, that, that was so lovely. Basaglio is a typical yeah. cheese of the region that is aged in raisins. That's so, and these little things make the experience. And I think this is what is important to make the people pull to your winery. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Experience, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, we try to give with the heart, you know. So there are a lot of experienced people can live in the wineries, but uh, here are taken care by the family. Um, they can really, it's, it's uh, tailor-made for them. So it's not the kind of uh, groups of people that doesn't know each other and they put together. We like really to welcome us. It's, uh, it's a friend that comes home with the family. So everyone is special and they treat it separate and, uh, and the family stay with them and we can talk and they, and they really open the customers and they like because they ask me, questions about wine even even stupid questions that for us because we are expert in use of wine they might appear stupid but uh, it's i love because they are open to to make even the most simple questions and uh, i'm very happy to to speak about uh, a wine color or wine flavors with them because they they want to learn yeah. and actually no 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 question is stupid because it shows you exactly on which level you should give the answer. So uh, it's quite easy. If, if there's a sophisticated question, you can give a sophisticated answer. If there's a simple question, then you see, okay, uh, I have to treat this customer on this level. So it is a, a very cool indicator how you should give your answer. So, and um, in general, what else or what, what other kinds of experiences do you offer to the people coming to your, to your winery? We provide a lot of summer outdoor experiences. So it means uh, bike tours in the area. Um, we do wine yoga uh, in summer uh, sunsets. Um, also, we have picnics on the hilltop. And, and the horse riding in the vineyards actually is the last one that we added this summer. And we do also have winter activities indoor, uh, which is regular wine tastings. And uh, all year long, we can provide uh, lunch or dinner at the cellar. Um, so it's a sort of gourmet tasting experience that you make tasting wine, having your dinner and you get the food and wine pairing. And, and also we have some certain, um, let's say, uh, sensorial experiences, which is the blind tasting activity, um, which is interesting if you really want to learn 
about tasting the territory without getting influenced by the label. And this, uh, I made it personally to, with the customers. I drive them with my voice through, through the tasting. And also the multi-sensory experience, which is made in a glass room where you have a beautiful view on the barrique of the Amarone and you got uh, black glasses with the perfumes and the sounds. And over there, you make a trip around the world of six minutes that actually change totally your perception of the wine glasses. So that is made for people that usually goes on holiday, buy the bottle and do not understand why when the bottle is home, the wine tastes different. <laughs> I have... <laughs> Yeah, a lot of customers asking me, and after a lot of these questions, I, I'm, I created this experience to make them understand that it's not that the wine is different, it's that we change, actually, and so our perception change. Yeah, this really, really sounds amazing. And by the way, before COVID, I also offered um, one of my trips was called Yoga and Wine, But for me, important always first make the yoga and then have the wine. So not simultaneously. <laughs> oh, here we do simultaneously. <laughs> Both give the benefits one to the other. So that's good to, to make it together. So, and now we are going to the magic. So just for one second or one minute or... Um, Imagine you are a magician and you have a magic wand and you want to give some extra magic experiences to your clients. What would that be? Mm. That the magic wand is always uh, good because you can create uh, impossible things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would say that uh, I would... Uh, Uh, I would get those uh, nice uh, transparent uh, igloo uh, rooms and set them on top of the vineyards to make them uh, sleep in the night and to enjoy our beautiful sunsets during summer with the, with the view that offers the area. And also it would be cool to have some experiences about flying on the area. So it would be, it would be nice to transport the customers with, uh, with an helicopter experience, uh, wine and helicopter <laughs> maybe to make them fly over the area and, uh, and leave the wine from uh, another altitude. That sounds also quite Quite interesting, yeah. So, um, my next question to you is from the presence to the future. So, what kind of trends do you see for the future in the wine world? You, mean, could be, you mean for hospitality or you mean for... That for could wine. be for hospitality, that could be for trends in the wine world itself. So you can decide in which direction you want to go with your answer. Mm. Well, uh, for sure, uh, there is a, a high attention now is more and more to the environment. So 
um, I will see more uh, sports requests for as winery experiences probably. And, uh, and there is coming with this COVID uh, higher appreciation of uh, wine and food pairing and the food exploring. So a lot of uh, gourmet activities and people like to travel to try the flavors. So it's very important that and winery, I think, should adapt to this type of requests because uh, it will be more and more about wines. Uh, well, um, in the in the world of wines uh, pop up so, so many wineries very quick every year it's very difficult to to predict a trend uh, but for sure um everything is a uh, good relationship quality price always work uh, it could be organic it could be orange wine it could be any type of wine natural or sustainable or whatever where anything is um, is a good has good relationship quality price, uh, it's it will work always and it will stay on top. So, um, so yes, that's that's what I see. And then it's difficult. And this moment, it's uh, it's all up and down still. So um, let's see what what the future will take to us. Okay. Good. Thank you so much for your answer, Silvia. So I think now we should go for the next two wines. So we are changing now from white to red. And now next one will the Monte del Fra, which is your other Tenuta, Tenuta Lena di Mezzo. And here we will have the Amarone del Valpolicello Classico 2017. And This is quite, wow, this is quite powerful. 15.5% alcohol. And normally Amarone is also a blend, which means uh, Corvinara, Rondinella, Molinara. Corvina, Corvinone, and Rondinella. Okay, in this case, good. So, <laughs> and um, yeah, let's cheers. Wow. So, dear listeners, in case you still have not opened your wine, it's time now. So, oh. so first impression is plums. But slightly, slightly chocolate. And blackberries thousand you have a very soft entrance in the mouth then you next impression is still young tannins so it is still a bit mouth drying but already enjoyable for a cool, hmm, I would say risotto al amarone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It always works. And yeah, this is a DOCG. 
I never understood why you have to make a DOCG because if it is uh, a nomination original controllata, why does it have to be guarantita? So, but uh, uh, to, to, to make it a little bit more. So the first wine was DOC. This one is DOCG and great wine. Also, you said with this wine, you have taken many awards. Yeah, also. Yes, it's also has international awards on uh, wine spectator, wine enthusiast, and uh, also an Italian guide. So it is. We are also very proud of it. Yeah, a bit of Ligurizza also, a little bit of oakiness, but just a bit. Oh, very, very cool wine. And I think important is now at that stage also to understand for your, for our listeners, what is the difference between a normal red wine and Amarone? So I know it, uh, you have to uh, put it on the, on the, let's say, matterasses or whatever to puts a wind over it for a certain amount of time that they can dry, that they can lose the water. So maybe you explain that a bit more to our listeners. Uh, yeah, I mean, there is a difference, huge difference in the technique because it's a kind of wine that it takes four years of work to make a bottle. Um, but there is also a huge difference in the final flavors. So for a customer is not a wine expert and you just want to know why he has to buy an Amarone instead of a, a simple red wine. Well, I would say that if you are looking for a body experience that uh, uh, can put you in a relaxed mood and create a sort of uh, romantic or relaxing moment in your dinner with friends or with your partner, well, I would say buy the Amarone and not fresh young wine. If we're speaking about techniques, well, this wine, actually the grapes are picking up in October, but we, we press them only in February. So there is four months where these grapes stays in caches and dry. And after this process, we press, and uh, when we are squeezed, the uh, grapes, uh, actually the juice stays one month with the skin to get the color, and, and the fermentation is done then. And then the grapes, uh, the skins are taken off, and the juice is, uh, is now wine and goes in oak for at least uh, two years. This wine exactly. And this is also the secret why has Amarone such a high level of alcohol? Because uh, the water is through the drying process going out of the grapes. So the concentration of sugar is much higher. And actually the leaves are eating the sugars and producing the alcohol and CO2. So, and if you have more sugar, you can eat more, you can produce a higher level of alcohol and that is a little bit the secret behind Amarone and always and this is also here you have a, a slight sensation of sweetness but it's a dry wine so um, 
in the nose always and also on the palate. The very first beginning is mm, a little bit of sweetness, but then you, you have the dry, you have the dry impression. So very cool. Now I have already put the second one. So, and let's compare these two. The color is also ruby red, but darker. Mm -hmm. And mm. here I have more blackberries in the nose. Also here, chocolate. The tannins are rounder, but still you have a young impression. So if nobody would have told me, or if I wouldn't have uh, known, this is a 2010, I wouldn't believe. So it is also here a fresh wine, a wine which gives joy, a wine which still can stay for a couple of years longer in the bottle or in the cellar. So, wow, both, both, uh, I'm a, I'm a wine lover, but this, and I have also some other wineries in the region, which I love, but you are now within the cluster of my, <laughs> <laughs> with yeah. my Amarone favorites. So, yeah. Amarone to drink, you know, because, uh, there is, a, is, is coming now uh, with an old mentality, Amarone, where people was used to try them very harsh, very marmalade touch, very incomplete. So um, the, the way of wine tasting changed a lot in the last 15 years. And, uh, and still some people has the idea of the what was the old Amarone, the traditional Amarone done so this marmalade this very sticky very powerful amarone that you have like a bomb of alcohol in your head and when we go introducing them because nowadays the amarone became modern became more adaptable to the wine and food pairing every wine everybody wants to have a wine and food experience you cannot have marmalade and harsh tannins when you have a wine and food experience so all the winemakers, 80% of them, entered into an idea that the wine has to be drier, has to be more adaptable with the food. So you have to create balance. You have to work on, on gentle tannins. You have to work in balance between nose and palate. That's extremely important. And so um, the, the wines, uh, the trends of wines uh, change it actually pretty much. And uh, and that's what the customer wants because uh, it, is, uh, it is absolutely much more adaptable and understandable for any kind of consumer, which yeah. I mean younger and which I mean older. Um, that's very, very important for the, for the wineries to, to have a, this point of view. And, but it's still not easy to drink it because you, as you, when you drink, it's a body, it's a full body wine. So it's, I would say it's a more lifestyle product 
it's a kind of product that distinguish you as a, and it's used to drink Amarone because you have a social position, you know, so it's not the kind of wine that everybody would select. But if you have the right glass in your, on your table and with your friends, I think you create always the best moment. So I, I invite to taste it, <laughs> of course. Of course, it's always better to have a good wine with good people, but even uh, to have a bad wine with good people is better than to have a good wine with bad people. So, <laughs> yeah. And um, as Goethe already said, time in life is too short to drink a mediocre wine. So we always should go for a good wine. And yeah, I think these are also two very, very lovely examples what uh, Amarone can show. And yeah, you can be really thankful and proud about this product. And now the question is, what would be your favorite? Uh, of course, you can say I'm drinking it in front of the bonfire now, but in case of uh food what would be your favorite meal with this lovely amarone mm, amarone is a kind of wine that comes from a volcanic area so you have to think when you bite always uh, to kind of food that the people of the mountain eat so we are talking about red meats game uh, uh cheese but um, it's very interesting when i travel to japan with Amarone and I go in the sushi restaurants with the tuna fish, it works really, really good. So if you want to try and experience something new that uh, few people had still in their life, I would recommend to try it uh, with some uh, tuna fish, fresh tuna, of course, and uh, maybe tataki or uh, pasta with the tuna cubes on top. Uh, Uh, or uh, tuna stick, uh, very quick, uh, uh, warm it up. Um, but it's a really an experience to try. Yeah, I totally agree with this. And in the meantime, also, the wine had a little bit more air. Now you find also some white peppery notes, mm -hmm. more liquids. And yeah, so... We have now already the joy in our heart through these lovely wines. And I think it's time to make a short break for some great music. And yeah, do we have another song which we should play for our lovely wine lovers all over the world? Yes. Uh, um, well, I love actually Atta James. <laughs> which is not of my epoch, but uh, I don't know. I really love old songs and Etta James with uh, At Last. Uh, it's something I would uh, really, really enjoy with a glass of Amarone. So. Very cool. So we will enjoy now some great music and then we will be back to continue our lovely wine talk today with Monte de Fra the co-owner Silvia Bonomo. Super Yacht Radio. So, back again. I hope you enjoyed the music. I hope you enjoyed the talk so far and I hope you have some great wines in your glass. And we are still in a situation which 
I hope it will be an ending story, but still it seems like a never ending story. So um, we are talking about COVID and COVID changed a lot of businesses during the last 20 months. And yeah, what have you changed within this period? Can you talk a bit your experiences, Sylvia? Yeah, um, of course, it is not an easy, it has not been an easy period for any type of company, not only the wine business. Um, it is uh, actually, we concentrated more on creating more content contents for our customers. We do have a wine club and uh, we wanted to keep our customers active. And so we started creating articles and the contents. Um, I remember I was doing a lot of live streamings, uh, activities, uh, making live tastings on uh, virtual live tastings on Zoom with my customers from all over the world. So I was like one night in Sweden, and one night in Belgium, and one night in Germany has been crazy period for me. And also we have been um, implementing a lot the uh, more uh, technological part of the wineries. So we started focusing on new projects. What we started asking ourselves, what will happen next summer when we think this situation will change? We have to be ready because customers wants to go out, wants to have fun, wants to taste wines, and uh, we need to provide them a safety experience. But we have to be ready. So we started, we started creating uh, and setting up new experiences and new formats, and also we created an e-commerce online for our customers in Italy because we have a wine shop here, and they could not come because of the lockdown to buy the wines. And so we have we had to do an e-commerce and and um, it was and it was it started also a project of uh, a new website uh, the main website of the company that it will start actually in January so uh, but we did an analysis let's say that was a period for us to understand what was working what was not working what how we should have moved looking at the trend and what what was happening in that moment and yeah it has not been easy because last year was everything really last minute so we had to adapt really from with the trends we could not uh, we could not give the trend we have to absorb the trend of other people <laughs> um but uh, but now ahead we we have some projects and we have a structures that goes on so let's let's see we hope that can can work in future yeah i i experienced many many wineries changed totally their way to approach the customers and uh, you you said the same so in lockdown it was not possible that people came to your winery however they need wine because wine has antioxidants has resveratrol has opc has 13 the most important 13 minerals are in the wine so everything which is good for your health is in the wine uh, but if you do not have an e-commerce then it's impossible to serve your customers during such challenging times so 
I have understood in Italy they can go through e-commerce, but you said also that you have 64 countries and in all these other countries, how do they get your wines? Do through importer, which has also e-commerce or how is it managed then? Well, in, in Europe, uh, we do have a lot of partners and so uh, we don't ship directly, uh, but uh, there are a lot of good partners that has an e-commerce and we do provide the contacts and they, they order over there because, you know, when we export our wine, we try to have abroad the same price that we have here in Italy. And so um, it's not really... Uh, some, some people think that coming here at the wine shop and filling the car with 15 boxes, they save a lot of money. It's not that way because our family try to be approachable even if they are in the Netherlands or they are in Germany or they are everywhere. So um, the more that they have to enjoy when they come here is the experience to see where comes the wines that they enjoy home, to meet my father, to meet my family and say, hey, I've been tasting your wine and what about this? Can you tell me this? This is the real experience and the human touch that we want to give. Uh, when it comes to America, we ship directly. That is possible because it's out of the European community. So it's, um, we have a system and we can, we can ship to private customers, even if we have importers also, but not all the importers. The importers uh, in U.S. cannot be also um, distributed to private people. So uh, that's, uh, that's a different system. So we do provide shipping. Um, yeah, so it depends on the country. Uh, in many countries, you can find us, even to Barbados. So. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a day with in Cuba and Barbados, but uh, uh, some others, of course, we provide shipping, and uh, it's, not, uh, it's not a problem. Very cool. And uh, by the way, for Switzerland, how is it organized for Switzerland? In Switzerland, we do also have a lot of partners. So we do not provide shipping because uh, your custom is uh, so expensive. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Switzerland is very close to us. We have a lot of customers that come to visit us on Garda Lake. So they come and they buy the wine directly to our wine shop. We are open all year long, even on Sunday, you know. So you really can come uh, in the weekend and, and taste and, uh, and buy all the products that you like. Uh, Swiss is close, it's just two hours far. We are just in Verona. Yeah, but... Um... From, from my place in Zurich, it is about six hours drive. So it's just, um, it is not just for one day. So you have to combine it with, with, with a lovely, uh, lovely stay, maybe in Verona or in Lake Gara or in Franciacorta region. So to make it really enjoyable. Good. You can get to the wine shop in, uh, in Zurich, actually, where you are. It's not a problem, but... Uh... And I always recommend to leave the areas where you get the products from because it's interesting and uh, you, you got to learn more and you understand if you like it or not also. So from the customer point of view, it's always an experience to discover where your pasta, your wine or whatever you eat comes from. Exactly. So, and another question, um, life is giving taking taking giving 
and um, we are in a position to serve the world with good wines and we take the money of our clients but also important to give something and um, yeah so i was asking you uh, what what kind of charity are you doing also to give something back mm. Um, so we are working, working with locals, um, locals associations uh, that uh, support uh, poor families uh, in our uh, city in Verona. So there is a sort of uh, um, classification and once they enter into the real uh, no salary and very poor, uh, they go into that and we provide uh, annually an amount uh, for for supporting people um, we do also support another association that uh, that helps uh, old people actually to um, to get uh, their transports uh, from home to the hospital or from home to the doctor and uh, a few years ago they they call me and say hey Sylvia Thanks to all the people who supported us, we could buy a new van, you know, and with this van that uh, we can transport the old people to their doctor, to their place. So it's very nice and encourage us uh, to, to work and to support because it's, it's nice. Yeah, love to hear that. So I think we had today really, really cool time together not only drinking the wines, but we learned a lot about Veneto region. We learned about the climate, the soil, the grapes. We learned about your philosophy. So the story behind the Bonomo family. And yeah, then we tasted first the Car del Magro, which is really really an outstanding great white wine and I think the award which you got for this is really justified we had also the great Amarone Valpolicella and also this wine it's outstanding good so you showed your competence and yeah it was great to to deep to dive deeper into all this. We had some lovely uh, suggestions. I'm, by the way, a great sushi fan and I love also tsuna, but I have never tried tsuna together with Amaron, so I will try that out. And yeah, it was great also to talking about the strategies, about the future and all these things. So I think all our lovely customers all our lovely listeners in super yacht radio had great time together so i would like to thank you so much sylvia to be together with me and i give the word to you thanks a lot also it has been really really nice for me to to talk to you to share knowledge uh, to share our wine <laughs> with you um, and I invite everybody to visit us actually in Italy near Garda Lake because it's a very, very nice area that can offer you 
um, very nice wine, nice food, and also um, yeah, nice nice environments, landscapes. So uh, I would invite everybody to spend at least a weekend in the area. And dear super yacht owners, you park your super yacht in Venice. So there's a big harbor and then you have a rental car and one hour drive and you're at Lake Garda. So it's really, really easy to connect with Sylvia from Monte del Fra. And wherever you are in the world, I wish you a pleasant day. I wish you joy. I wish you great wines. And now have a final prost. Cheers. <laughs> and wherever you are, stay safe and see you again with the next episode of Super Yacht Radio, the show with a white love sommelier. Cheers. Cheers. More music to make you feel good. This is Super Yacht Radio. You've got mail. What's wrong? Another ridiculous bill for a miserable amount of speed from a 12-month contract we can't get out of. It's our monthly VSAT bill. I remember getting them. Depressing read, isn't it? What do you mean you remember getting them? What do you get now? Oh, we moved over to Voyager IP last season. Now we're on a week-to-week deal with no hidden fees or gotcha clauses. Ah, yes, but what about support? Are you guys really good at that? Voyager IP has a full team there to support me, and not just on our VSAT, but on our entire network. So there is no blame game or passing the buck. Just solid support when we need it. But to be honest, we have rarely had to call them. Their service just works. So how do I find these guys? Simple. Just go to www.voyagerip.com. That's www.voyagerip.com and take your first step to better service and an easier life. Voyager IP offers communication solutions on as-you-need-it basis with no hidden fees. Their clients stay with them because they want to and not because they have to. This is Super Yacht Radio.